the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In the book of Revelation, there is a glory angel that comes after the three angels' messages of Revelation 14. This glory angel is about the most awesome message that will envelop this planet at the time of the end. That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, make sure that you call us at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is there right now to take your prayer request and to pray with you. 888-244-HOPE. Today's Reaching Your Heart is the second portion of a message Pastor Mike entitles, The Glory Angel. That's the glory angel. And remember, if you missed any portion of this message, it's available for you online right now at reachingyourheart.com. Again, the name of the broadcast, The Glory Angel. Let's get underway with the conclusion to this message. And here he is, our pastor teacher, Michael Oxentenko. God did not send Jesus to accuse the world because that's what the devil was doing night and day for centuries until Christ died on the cross of Calvary for us. When Jesus died on the cross, dear heart, God gave Jesus all authority. When Jesus died, Satan was amassed as a liar and a fraud. And the heavenly universe rejected Satan's influence in the courts of heaven for good. The accuser was kicked out after the cross He was cast down to this planet, never to return to heaven's courts. And when men and women gave their lives for Jesus Christ in the Christian era of the Middle Ages, they conquered the devil by the authority of the cross because they loved Jesus, not their lives. They loved Jesus even in the death. And when men and women lay down their lives in the mark of the beast issue, the world will see the same thing at the time of the end. Revelation 18, 1 again, After this I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was made bright with his splendor. This angel, that is another angel, the fourth, is contextually the message that prepares the world for the coming of Christ. It has great authority because of the gospel and because of the deaths of those who have died in the third angel's message. It is empowered by world events. It is empowered by heaven's intervention. And the world is suddenly galvanized to hear the fourth angel's message. And the Bible says right here in Revelation 18.1 that the earth was made bright with his splendor. This passage that we're reading is a direct quote from the book of Ezekiel. Take your Bibles. Turn with me to Ezekiel 43 verse 2. 43 verse 2. Ezekiel sees in prophetic vision the coming of God. And behold, the glory of the God of Israel came from the east. Now Jesus says, as lightning shines from the east and goes to the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Ezekiel says, behold, the glory of Israel came from the east. And the sound of his coming was like the sound of many waters. And the earth shone with his glory. So Revelation 18.1 is coming from this passage in Ezekiel. In the book of Revelation, an angel with a message symbolizes a message that comes from God. 
God uses a people to proclaim a message of warning. And so an angel can represent a prophetic movement. And the people of God who proclaim God's word will give the fourth angel's message after the mark of the beast issue. The glory angel is the message of the soon coming of Jesus Christ in glory. Isaiah 60, 1 and 2. Rise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. That happened at the first coming of Christ. Friends, it will happen at the second coming of Christ. There are angels that announce the birth of Jesus. There are angels' messages that prepare the world for the second coming of Jesus. The angels said the glory of the Lord was all about them. Fear not. The repetition of the imagery, the first angel's message, was back when Jesus was born. The way the world was prepared is how it will be prepared. The only glory, friends, that matters is God's glory. The angels knew that at Bethlehem. In the Gospel of John, the glory is revealed at the cross. In the darkness of the cross when Jesus died, in the darkness of that awful atonement hour, we see the light of the love of God, the glory of God, shining in its brilliance and fullness. The glory angel will deliver the last message to this world and the earth will be illumined by the message of God's love in Jesus. That's what's happening in the text. Psalms 115 verse 1. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to thy name give glory for the sake of thy steadfast love and thy faithfulness. Now I want you to open your Bibles and turn to Galatians 6.14. This is a hugely significant passage that I apply in my own life, and I'm praying for more of it. Because this does away with any kind of boasting that we're spiritual people. You know, if you say, I'm a Holy Spirit believer, or I'm spiritual, or I'm obedient, you're not, we're missing it. Verse 14 brings it into practical context. Paul says, but far be it from me to glory, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and out of the world. A converted Christian glory is in what Jesus has done. Friends, the world needs Jesus. And Jesus will not let the world he loves die at the time of the end without a clear demonstration of the love of God that will encircle the world with glory. The glory angel will come down. The glory will surround. The glory will illumine with the light a demonic world of hatred The glory of the love of God in Jesus for everyone in spite of sin and failure will shine with love and brilliance at the time of the end. It will be seen just before Jesus returns what is the depth and the height and the grandeur of the love of God in Christ for a dying world. Christ our righteousness is the message of Jesus Christ who loved us and loosed us from our sins and who gave himself for us. And that is the message the world needs. And so the book of Revelation says Christ in his glory will be proclaimed to the world. And when the third angel's message finishes its course, when the mark of the beast issue is over, and those who have died have died, and those who take their stand have taken their stand, There will be a people on earth who love the world like Jesus loved the world, who share the truth of Jesus, who live the truth of Jesus, and who when called are willing to die for the truth because of the love of Jesus. And his word points to the glory of the cross. They will give glory to God. You know, I don't want to hear any group tell me how good they are. I don't want some super saint coming to me telling me how spiritual and perfect they are. 
I'm in the real world. I struggle with those kind of things. How many of you ever struggle with a sinful nature? You struggle with sinful nature? That's me. I'm not in that camp of do-gooders who think they got it all figured out. Every day I got to get on my knees and think where I fell short and where I need to go. And I don't need someone to accuse me and remind me of how I messed up. You hear me? That's not the work of God. Dear heart, our God loves us. He loves the world with an eternal kind of kindness. And the glory angel will proclaim all of this with a mighty voice that is loud and clear for all to hear. It is the loudest voice of all the four angels. Revelation 18, verse 2. And that he called with a mighty voice, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. It has become a dwelling place of demons, a haunt of every foul spirit, a haunt of every foul and hateful bird. Now, unclean birds in the Bible represent evil angels. You ever have a crow that roosts out on your power line looking at you? Have you ever seen a crow looking at you? Or a raven? Have you? Well, it symbolizes an evil angel because they roost in heavenly places and they're looking down at you. And so good angels are good birds, but the bad birds are the unclean birds. They're evil angels. That's a consistent biblical symbolism, by the way. So it says, look, the world is full of these unclean spirits. Verse 3, why? For all nations have drunk the wine of her impure passion. You see, when the nations of the earth connect with the world religious systems in a church-state fusion that's not based on Bible obedience, what happens is the kings of the earth get drunk. Hey, they say, hey, we're liked by the church. The religious people are voting for us. And what happens is it corrupts the church and it corrupts the state. So it says, for all nations have drunk the wine of her impure passion. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth have grown rich with the wealth of her wantonness. A trifold union is here predicted of the church, of the economic leaders of the world, and of the kings of the earth, the state. The second angel's message, as we learned, had no loud voice like the first and the third angel's message. In contrast, the glory angel has a mighty voice. The glory angel is the fourth angel, and the fourth angel repeats the second angel's message with the greatest voice of all. Fallen, fallen is Babylon the Great. The mother church that is Rome, by disregarding the Bible in the 6th century, by willfully deciding to set it aside, has corrupted the world at the end. And the Bible says she is full of demonic influences. She is full of hate instead of love because she has killed the saints of God in every age. Millions of people have been destroyed by that religio-political power. And she has trampled on the truth of God in every age. And she will do the same at the time of the end. The character of the system has not changed. And so the call will be given in the Holy Spirit power of God just before Jesus returns to come out of her, my people. I'm going to be very frank with you. The vast majority of God's loving, dear-hearted Christian people are in this system that was formed as the medieval church of the Middle Ages. Friend, it is impossible to follow Jesus if you surrender your will and conscience to a rebel church. And so at the time of the end, you can't align with a church-state system that kills other believers. And so people of conscience will separate. The Word of God and the testimony of Jesus will not become optional truths in the lives of committed, honest believers. Last time I checked, the church that I'm in is imperfect. Am I right or wrong? Oh, we have an imperfect church here. Imperfect preacher, imperfect members. That's true. And there are many sinners in it, as I said, like the preacher. Now, I'm okay with that because I think the church is good for sinners. I don't want to run the sinners off. So don't run me off. 
I think it's good for sinners. But in the plan of God, the church is a theater of God's grace where sinners can grow in grace, where forgiveness and kindness can make them develop and they can become better people. So the church is a good place. When the fallen mother church will join with the state at the time of the end and with daughter churches who are of like mind, who follow her in disobedience to destroy God's commandment-keeping people, God will call all his dear, loving people out of these systems. And they will leave, and the church will unite as a single people at the time of the end. There will not be 150 denominations. There will be one commandment-keeping, Christ-loving people when Jesus returns. And he will call them out decisively in the fourth angel's message. Revelation 18.4, Then I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues. For her sins are heaped as high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. You know, it means a lot to me to think that God will not let people die just because they're in the wrong place. That God's love will find his dear-hearted people no matter where they are anywhere in the world. We know right now today, But there are people in the Islamic phase around the world. You can go to Saudi Arabia, and I'm telling you, if you preach Christianity, you can have your head cut off. There are other nations like this. And God is reaching these dark parts of the world through prophetic dreams and other means to awaken them, to bring them to Christ. God is not willing to let his people in these different places die without heaven's intervention in their life. It was two weeks before Christmas last year. And a man and his family were saved from a furious fire when his pickup truck burst into flames just outside his house. That fire could have easily leaped to his home and destroyed his family. He ran outside to put the fire out and save his family. He was the hero of the clan. But the fire extinguisher wouldn't work that day because his son was playing with it a few days before. So he called 911 as fast as he could, and the fireman came with a truck full of water. That's a good thing. They doused the truck with water. They just bathed his engulfed truck that had burned to smithereens with water. And the only thing that survived the fire, now hear me, the only thing that survived the fire was a Bible. It was unscathed. It was burned around the Bible. The ceiling was burned. Everything in the car was burned except a little spot where nothing got to the Bible. It was declared to be a miracle from God. That man's Bible was his guide. He loves the Word of God. He knew that it had showed him the way in life. Unscathed, he held his precious Bible close to his heart. Dear heart, I ask you the question, do you hang on to your Bible for your very life? Do you cherish what it teaches? Do you study it? Do you find Jesus in it on your knees? God's call to us right now today, the time of the end, is to hang on to our Bibles. He's calling his church to keep the commandments of God, the faith of Jesus. A legalist will never get to heaven in his or her pursuit of perfection because a legalist is not motivated by the love of God in Christ to improve. They just want to improve because they want to be better. I want to be better because Jesus died for me. I want to improve because of the love of God for me. God will receive into his kingdom all kinds of people with problems, Say, oh, you're kidding me, Pastor. No, I'm not. God will bring all kinds of people who've had problems into his kingdom. But these are people who have come to the cross. They are people who have laid their lives at the foot of the cross. 
They cling to the forgiveness of God and the mercy of God. And the kindness of God has changed them. It's brought them to repentance. Friend, the love and mercy of God in Jesus will illumine the world at the time of the end with the glory of the glory angel. And God himself will call his people out of Babylon to come to him. Pastor Michael Oxentenko will be back in just a moment. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-funded program. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. Call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now, once again, Pastor Michael Oxentenko. So if you want to survive the fire that's coming, you hang on to your Bible. You know, the Bible's under attack these days. I hear people today, even in our church, and I'm not talking about our local church, but in our global church denomination, people with three letters behind their names sometimes who say the Bible cannot be trusted. It's a historical document that we can't rely upon. It's really a human book, and inspiration is just a good feeling, but God doesn't control the words. Nonsense. And the impact is it sows unbelief and skepticism in the lives of people who are in the pew or the average person. I'm telling you, God didn't mess up with this book. He didn't deliver us a faulty document at the time of the end. He delivered us a God-inspired, powerful document, controlled, that is beyond smart so we can know Jesus with authority in our lives. I never get tired of John 3.16. I respect the Bible, therefore I respect this magnificent verse in the Bible. God's glory is a call to love God. Look at John 3.16 with me. For God so loved, read it with me. What? For God so loved what? the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17. For God sent the son into the world not to condemn the world that the world might be saved through him. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. All authority was given to Jesus to cast him out because God did not send Jesus into this world to condemn the world. God sent Jesus to save us. And he sent Jesus not to condemn the sinner, but to show the glory of God's love so the sinner could be saved and changed. It is true that God condemns sin in Jesus. That's true. But God did not condemn the sinner at the cross. At the cross, God let the sinner go free. It is true that God judged sin in Jesus at the cross, but God loosed the sinner from his sin at the cross. He does not identify you with your sin. He separates your psycho personality from your mistakes and your sins so that he can love you and change you and save you. Paul says in Romans 2, 4, it is the kindness of God that is meant to lead us to repentance. When a man or woman exercises saving faith in Jesus Christ as their Savior, believing with all their heart that God loves them, that God forgives them in Jesus. That man or woman, sinful though they have been, is right now at that very moment justified, declared righteous by a loving God and a righteous God who forgives the sinner because he forgave the sinner at the cross. 
He forgives them at that moment also. And that saint is accepted as if they had never sinned, equal to the perfection of Jesus Christ. Friend, that is the heart and core of God's gospel. Verse 18 says, Jesus continues in John, He who believes in him, Jesus, is not condemned. Now pinch yourself. He who believes in Jesus is not condemned. How many of you believe in Jesus? You are not condemned if with your whole heart you believe in Jesus as Savior and Lord. That's pretty basic for us all. That means we should not be in the condemning game in the church. I have found in my life, I've sinned in the church. I've had times when I've lapsed, when I've become worldly-minded. Has any of you ever been through anything like that? You know, I was helped by people who cared about me. I am so grateful for the kindness of believers who love me and care for me. And, you know, that's what the Lord is in the business of doing the church. When the church is a place of love and acceptance, where people can grow without being castigated, the church will become a place that is full of sinners who are saints by grace in the process of becoming more saintly. In Jesus, God offers all of us mercy, kindness, Full forgiveness at the beginning of the Christian journey because of the cross of Christ. That is the heart of the Bible's teaching of the gospel. And that is what we should offer the world as his ambassadors of kindness in the church. We should offer people the message of forgiveness. Jesus continues in John, He who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Friend, Jesus is the pivotal point on which the judgment of the last day will turn. What you do with Jesus by faith in him or not will determine your eternal destiny. Verse 19, Jesus continues, And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. What is the light and the glory that Jesus is talking about here? In John eight twelve, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. You can't talk about the glory of God unless you come to Jesus. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. The glory is the glory of God's love that can be seen in the face of Jesus, sent to save the sinner, sent to bend down and restore and forgive. And this same glory is the glory of the fourth angel's message of Revelation 18.1 that illumines the earth at the time of the end. What is God waiting for? He's waiting for a people who will show the love of God to this planet. He's not waiting for a people that pinch themselves and said, I didn't sin this morning. He could care less about that kind of a claim. He wants to see a people who live the love of God for the lost of the world. And that kind of love will illumine the planet. The world will be illumined with the final message of God's love in Jesus by people who live it. Verse 20, for everyone who does evil hates the light, Jesus says, does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. You know, I want to come to Jesus. And then he ends by saying this, but he who does what is true comes to the light that it may be clearly seen that his deeds have been wrought in God. When a man or woman comes to the cross of Christ and surrenders their sins, there in the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus suffering on the cross, they show that they have honored God and they love him And by repenting, they show that they have the obedience of faith. The obedience of faith is not some form of twisted perfection legalism. It's not some slogan. 
The obedience of faith is obedience. It's not disobedience masquerading as righteousness. It's obedience. Because when you come to Christ, you're obedient. It doesn't mean you're perfect, but you're obedient. The obedience of faith in the Bible is the act of the will empowered by the Spirit in a full soul surrender that comes to Jesus broken, helpless, in need, and that clings to that old rugged cross for the life of God in Jesus. At the cross, we see the glory. At the cross, it shines the brightest. At the cross, we come to the very gates of heaven and they crack open at the cross and we see the light of the glory of God from the most holy place, the Shekinah glory that would pierce the tomb. Because why? Jesus is the door that opens the light and the glory. At the cross, we hear Jesus say, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And there is the light of the glory at the cross. And at the cross, we see the forgiveness and kindness of God. That God, with all his power and all his justice, can forgive the worst of sinners and does. And then and only then do we see the light that is the glory of God. The light of the cross is the light of the glory angel at the time of the end that will illumine the earth with the brilliance of God's love. It is the message that God will send to a dying world, to a dark world, that he loves them and the whole earth will be illumined by the glory angel. Well, that will conclude the glory angel. And thank you so much for joining us. Remember that if you've missed any portion of this message, you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. That's the glory angel, and it's available for you now at reachingyourheart.com. Have you ever wondered what happens five minutes after death? Do you long for the assurance of eternal life? Is there a longing in your heart for something beyond this life? Dark Tunnels and Bright Lights by Mark Finley is the message of hope that you need. This book presents the real truth about life after death, and it is more amazing than you can imagine. Call for your copy today. Here's the information you need. The telephone number is 855-888-4673. 855-888-4673. 855-888-HOPE. Or you can go to the website reachingyourheart.com. Call for your copy today. The book is yours for a donation of any size. And remember that your donations help to keep this ministry on the air. And we thank you for your support. Please join us again next time for another edition of Reaching Your Heart.